Hello and <laughs> hello and welcome to the Hunters Hub, the video game podcast born of the Monster Hunter community. Uh, this is host Fortwan, joined by Sasha again tonight. How you doing? I'm, you know, same same shit, different week. Tired, but I'm here. I have mm-hmm. found some time for gaming this week, and ready to talk. How are you? That's good. I'm overall pretty good. Um, I have the kids this weekend, and like I said, it's been a bit a bit of a busy day. But <laughs> um, tomorrow, nothing to do other than take them home in the evening. So that's going to be great. Uh, well, I got to give them a bath before I take them back, but you know, it's just normal stuff. And yeah, uh, been doing a lot of gaming. I finished Baldur's Gate three. Um, I started two other games, uh, because I also finished, you know, a couple weeks back or was it last week I finished Final Fantasy 16? Um, so because those two huge games are done, I've already started and made my way through, uh, quite a bit of way through two games that I feel like I'm enjoying a little more in some ways, uh, different ways, I would say. Um, first of which being Exoprimal, which is the Capcom horde mode shooter about dinosaurs. Um, it is the, if you remember Titanfall getting flack when it first came out for having like a narrative that was in the multiplayer mode. Yeah. Yep. If you, um, that is what this game is doing. Um, so it's all. All of it is online PvP matches with other people to a degree. Um, The entire game is the multiplayer. There is no single player. Um, So you have to be paired with other people or bots. Uh, If you don't get uh, real people, you get bots, uh, which don't perform as well. And you do have to do certain objectives in a certain amount of time and kill things. Uh, All dinosaurs. Um, and it's actually very interesting how it does the story because it's a very hands-off way to the story, but it also has cutscenes because they're optional and they're between matches and you can just sit there and listen to them or read them between matchmaking. And it says, hey, you've got a new story beat. You can go look at that between like your next match if you choose or just not get back in the queue. Um, it's a very interesting way of doing it where it's just like, Hey, we want you to do the multiplayer, but we do have a story that, that explains the multiplayer. So they're, they're explaining why dinosaurs are being there and why you're in these, um, super suits that are like, you know, like humanoid shaped mechs. They're like little Gundams really. Uh, so is the story (laughs) um, good? So you're just like, it's okay. okay. It's not like earth shattering. Um, you're essentially trapped in a time loop because of an AI who's trying to solve the dinosaur crisis, but the AI is a little too focused on certain things. So it ends up uh, just, it, it's one goal is to improve combat metrics and learn how to create better suits. Cause the AI is the one who creates the suits. Um, so it's, it's, trying to measure 
your combat statistics all the time. And it's like, hey, you know, wh- where's the time for A, rest, or, you know, saving the world? No, it only cares about making better so suits. You have- and it keeps teleporting people's sounds like smart house back into these war games back in time like an evil smart house. yeah kind of yes okay. uh and it's trapped people and and it's pitting people against people and these death matches and if they die they die but it's doing it for the sake of science uh you know a little bit of a glados energy there yeah. too uh, so I mean, that's interesting i'm not sure it's really my kind of game i i would hate to just always oh, no. be online, no, no, no. but yeah, no, and I don't. I turned off voice chat and everything. I just go in there. And I, I run in with Deadeye, which is just like the default DPS. Uh, and if I need to fill as a tank or a healer, I will because it's got roles like that. You have to have a tank. You have to have a healer. And I would assume the meta is three DPS, but I have seen four tanks and a healer on some matches. Probably just be slow. Um, that did okay. Probably be slow, but you could do it. Yeah. Well, the problem is being slow is the problem. A, a lot of the... All of it's in two phases. Every match is in two phases, where the first phase is a race, a PvE race, where you're running to checkpoints, killing amounts of dinosaurs, running to the next checkpoint, killing dinosaurs, and the one who gets done the fastest gets to start phase two the fast faster. And phase two is very wildly different depending on what it is. It's either direct PvP, there's no like deathmatch or anything, but it's like collect these power cores and you got to collect 80 of them and you get a head start based on how fast you finished phase one or that. So like kill time is super important in this. Like the, the, the metrics want you to be fast. So seeing a bunch of now a bunch of tanks aren't going to die because you if you get you get in certain situations where it's like uh the ai always says summoning this and it'll tell you what what they're summoning um and i've seen situations where i was like i don't know how anyone's supposed to survive this initially because it's like summoning triceratops and you're like okay that's a huge thing we got to take down summoning pachycephalosaurs which are like a medium thing and then Summoning raptors, summoning Coelophysis, and then it's like it just keeps saying summoning, and you're like, hold on, stop, and then uh, just pouring raptors. Now, I, if you remember the trailer where they're just pouring down, it's horde mode. Do, will they attack each other, or do they all just attack? You? No. Okay. They attack the the humans. Uh, they're being controlled by the AI. Gotcha. So the the AI is somehow controlling the dinosaurs as well, which is part of the mysteries you have to unlock in the story. Because um, it, it's literally summoning them and then also controlling them, or at least targeting them or giving them a direction to go. It's, it's very interesting as far as like a PvP thing goes. Uh, it's kind of scratching that Call of Duty itch in a way for me. Um... Even if I do have to play a tank, it does get that sort of like arcadey, very arcadey like shooter feel down for me, which I very much enjoy from time to time. Um, so I've been playing that, and then I also started the Resident Evil Four remake, and I've been playing that. That is wildly different, like uh, is like from what I remember of Four, it still functions the same, but the the controls are. A more modern 
uh, you know, it's no longer the old tank controls that were so stiff. Uh, I will say I really want a dodge mechanic. Um, I feel like I need a dodge because video a lot games of have games trained have like you. A dodge roll or something. Video games have trained you. Yes. There is a counter now, though. There didn't used to be, but there is like a a, a perfectly timed counter with the knife, uh, and I did it against a chainsaw, so that nice. was fun. Um, but other than that, yeah, it's 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 fairly different on the layout and that kind of thing. There's all these extra like sub objectives while you're going through the levels that didn't used to be it. Like there used to be these like hanging things. You shoot them, and he'll give you money the, the merchant gives you monies for shooting them but now there's things like kill all the rats in the area sell me three dead snakes like all these weird like almost fetch quest kind of things along the side to get, get you more money does that um, shit take up and space I remember, in your inventory yes the, the dead snakes oh do, my yes. god um and you got to play the you but you don't have to play the invert it is inventory Tetris now still, but you don't have to play it because they gave you an auto sort button and it sorts it very nicely and organizes it too. Like it puts like healing next to healing and gun next to ammo and like all that kind of stuff in a nice little neat way. And I was like, well, inventory Tetris is gone. Uh, it's just, do I have enough space? And I auto sort it. And they also added more craftable materials too so now you can craft ammo on the fly uh which is not a thing you could before but it was a lot more rare like doesn't that kind of take away from it i guess like isn't that part of it part of the the game is the the ammo yeah scarcity scarcity and inventory management I don't, did you play four back four's, in the day okay i didn't my husband plays all those ones four is the one with the annoying fetch or uh, escort mission with the president's daughter, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Ashley yeah, yeah. is her name. Yeah. Um, yes. Uh, however, four is where they started to try to move away from the Amo scarcity as much um, and turned it more into an action oriented game. Gotcha. Uh, it just does it quicker with these mechanics. Um, because by the end of the game, you're like swimming in ammo and guns and stuff, even in the original one. If you were if you were doing it right, if you were exploring well, like you weren't going to be hard up for ammo after a certain point. And it just does it sooner. Uh, in the very beginning, I was uh, I've been out of ammo a couple times. There's even a time where it takes away your inventory um, completely where it didn't before. So it's like it's forcing you to just use a knife at one point. Um, which is okay. I, I get where you're going. Uh, there's like, yeah, it's all sorts of different. And I, so far, if you, re- uh, if you remember anything about the game, I have just got through the giant lake amphibian fight, the giant lake monster. Gotcha. A little bit past it, but so I'm in like the first quarter of the game, I think, or at least past the first quarter. Um, just barely i've fought i think that's like your first real big boss fight i don't think there's a boss fight before that maybe there is i don't remember even though i just played it today 
I asked Cece, like, hey, do you want to see the dinosaurs or a scary uh, scary game? Because they were playing on their Switches. So I was like, I'll just play on the TV. She's like, scary game. I was like, all right, we're doing Resident Evil. She was actually kind of enjoying watching occasionally. So that's what I got to play this week after finishing Boulder's uh, Gate, which um, not to monologue so much, but I do have to complain about a couple (laughs) things. A, until the latest patch, I had such terrible pop in and lag in some areas of the game that I almost stopped playing. Oh, no. Um, so there's a point where you get to uh, a large part. I, it's not, I don't feel, feel like it's a spoiler to say that you do go to the city of Boulder's Gate. Yeah, um, as expected. So once you're in Boulder's Gate, um, it is very, very intense on the amount of NPCs walking around. And it was very laggy for me on my computer. And my computer is not a slouch. It's not the highest end, but it is not a slouch. And I was like, this is very annoying. Um, And then the other thing is my romance was bugged not once, but twice. So I completely missed, even though the game registered they happened, two of the the, uh, four romantic scenes with my chosen partner. Wow. I'll see that. That would just not be acceptable for me. Yeah. So I don't know. Um, and it's a known, it was a known issue and it was supposed to be a bugged out by or fixed in the patch notes by the time I got through it. Nope. It was fixed right after I got to that point. Cause I was under the impression that, you know, like mass effect things would happen towards the end end of the game but it depends on the character and my character that i romanced was at the beginning of a certain section of the game and not the end and yeah so i i I had the conversation i was supposed to have and i did the right things and the thing didn't happen in fact um there was someone else who i wasn't trying to romance who tried to romance me and I rejected them. And that, oh, I, according to what I have found, possibly overrode the actual romance scene I was going for. Man. So that was annoying, but I pushed through and I beat the game uh, Thursday. Thursday was when I finished it. So how, many, how long did it so take I you to been... do the, I guess, the main story? So my initial playthrough, which I did not play any after at all, because uh, I'm if I play again, it'll go through. Uh, I'll, it'll probably be like a multiplayer thing with people because you can do that, which I think is really cool that you can play the story with someone else as a character and you can both jump in on conversations. Um, where is? Yeah, that's uh, that's how my oh, husband's been bookmark. playing. He's been playing with his sister. Nice. 87 hours and 21 minutes. Okay. That's yep. a good... Sure enough. Last played two days ago. That's a good amount of time. Yep. Uh, I think the actual save file was in the 60s. Uh, a lot of the 20 hours is me reloading 
fights and stuff it's... because I'm a save scummer and I don't care. <laughs> I understand. I mean, some of the things that happened were just like, I am not allowing that to happen. I am not allowing this character to completely and forever die. Not happening. So. I. Ah, that be I've been save scumming in Starfield with my Digipix because so far I feel mm -hmm. like they're not that common. They're not like lockpicks like you're finding everywhere in Fallout or Elder Scrolls. Um, but you need a Digipix to pick locks and you need a Digipix to get into computers for hacking. And you use the sure. Digipix whether you are successful or not. If you fail. And if you fail, oh, you, you waste use it, it if you're and you have to use another one to get back in. So I've definitely been uh, I've been scum saving every time I lockpick or hack because I don't want to waste my digipics. Fair. Um, there was a lot. So they, I don't know why they do it, but in the name, I might... I don't know. I don't know if it's a thing in 5th edition D&D or not. But it used to be that Thieves tools would take care of both traps and locks. Um, they don't. Thieves tools only for locks. Now they have trap toolkits in this game. Okay. And the trap toolkits are much less often than th than Thieves tools. Um, so in the my whole course of the playthrough, I think I found five trap kicks that I did not purchase from vendors. Um, and they don't get used up unless you fail, but if you fail, they get used up. And they're not like lock picks where when you use them up, uh, you can re-roll. Like if you use a lock pick, you can re-roll using the thieves tools uh, to allow you to try again. The tool, <laughs> the trap toolkit is just gone. And you don't get another chance, and the trap goes off, and and the the kit awesome. breaks, which kind of makes sense because the trap went off when you failed. Yeah. that's kind of the idea, but it makes them a lot more precious of a commodity than the thieves' tools. Yeah. Uh, so I've had to save scum some trap kits because I'm like I cannot get through without disarming. A couple of these traps in my opinion even i probably could but it was just i don't i don't want to deal with traps so yep i also like that you can respec all of your characters too so everyone you play with you can change their class entirely if you so choose interesting but then they're yeah, like it was their personalities stay the same but you can just Reroll their. Yep. Okay. Yeah, their person. Um, their personalities aren't super tied to their abilities. I would say the cleric is probably the most tied to their class, but it's really a religious thing for them, um, which can be any class, anyways. So. Gotcha. Hmm. <laughs> um. Yeah. So. Tonight, uh, our topic, uh, even though we're 20 minutes in already, but hey, we had some things to catch up on. Um, 
I was inspired, and I've talked about this a couple times on the podcast, uh, and I want to replay it, so I actually redownload it here soon. The ta- the DLC that took Duke Nukem and replaced Gray in Bulletstorm. So to to explain to to you the audience, um, the premise is that we're taking a character and just replacing them in a game. And only changing that character and their dialogue and everyone else and everything else stays the same. And what would we like, what, who would we like to replace with who? And, you know, of course, why and how and what we would do uh, in that game as a result of that. Uh, which it turned out to me to take a, uh, I would say, a 2 out of 10 game for me and turn it into an eight out of 10 game, uh, which I really, really enjoyed. Um, and I still want to play it occasionally and I want to play it again here soon. Uh, you know, I do have the backlog to get through, but, uh, it might, it might go on hold if I feel like playing this more Duke Nukem again. Uh, and in my opinion, the best version of Duke Nukem. So, so that so that's the uh, sort of premise. So, Sasha, would you like to lead tonight, or can you I? can lead? So here's my most off the wall. Okay. One. And this is the so I I had a little trouble coming up with these. I knew one right off the bat, and I'm saving it for last because it's kind of what got me on board. Aside from the original premise, based on the other thing. But like I had the idea, so what if we did that with this? And you know, that's where we came up with tonight's topic. Um, but this one, I was having a lot of problems coming up with things. So I looked through my game library, found a character, and found a game. And you know what? I'm I'm sticking to it. So uh, the game, which I'm going to reveal, is The Witcher Three, and we are replacing Geralt, so the main okay. character. With Gex the Gecko. Oh my god, I'm just thinking about Gex banging Yennefer right now. (laughs) (laughs) Instantly, that's where my brain is. Why? That is why, because Gex is the most like tongue-in-cheek, off-the-wall movie reference character to replace the most grr, uh, serious, grungy hero. Uh, or anti-hero, if you will, in, in, in however you play it in The Witcher 3. Um, I just, I, I want to see all of the sarcastic dialogue options he can give. Um, because Geralt himself can be really sarcastic at times, depending on how you right. play him. Right, um, See, And so it wouldn't be too far-fetched, but the visual would be way off. I am just thinking about all the like father-daughter scenes with Siri <laughs> and the romance scenes or like getting into a bar <laughs> fight and you're just this little gecko. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I would probably size him up, but not make him as tall as Geralt. I would probably size him up to be more like... I don't know, like a dwarf sized or something. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just so it makes a little more sense. Um, 
But I would definitely still keep the bright coloration there. Um, but maybe give Gex a scar and give a him a, like wig. a fake gravelly voice at times. A white wig. Yeah. <laughs> a white wig. Uh, yeah, he's just cosplaying as Geralt. Yes. Um, he went to a costume party and just got sucked into the Witcher that someone was playing at the party or something. I don't know. It's just... I just like the most off the wall Witcher three. This is the game I had the least experience with, but I did get uh, out of the first area of that game. If you want, yes, yeah, so you fought the hippogriff. I did, yeah, um, and and it, and had its head as a trophy on the horse, and yeah, that's what I kept as the trophy for a little while. And I don't remember a lot after that point in the game because it was a long time ago that I played that. But I, it's one of the games that I do want to go back and finish at some point, uh, along with New Vegas at some point. We'll get there. Um, Witcher 3 is still currently installed on my computer, even though I have not tried to boot it up. Um, so yeah, Gex as Geralt. Um, that would be hilarious. I just I, I want... Yeah, I mean, for me, I really just I like the idea of the comedic aspect of this premise. I guess you could make something. I don't know, less comedic or go the other way of putting like a straight man in a more comedic situation. But I do like the the goofiness of the premise, I guess. So, yeah, that's my first one. All right. Um, Well, my first one, I uh, took a little liberties with the assignment. So it's not quite a let me Mm -hmm. take all your dialogue, um, but more let's put somebody in a world they don't belong in. And I have Master Chief in Borderlands. And okay, the way I'm envisioning him is like a Gunzerker class um, or like a little bit of a hybrid. So some some ways that we would put Master Chief in this world, um, that double jump is a jetpack. Um, and instead of the little, like, oh, sure, I don't know, blue person talking to you, it's Cortana. Um, and for a little yeah. funny tongue in cheek thing, um, I thought it would be funny if Claptrap could hear Cortana, but Cortana can't hear Claptrap or is pretending like she can't hear Claptrap. Um, and Chief, sure. like, will not deliver messages, he will not, like, play telephone. So he like refuses to do, to sure. tell Cortana what Claptrap is saying. So um, obviously you have your sticky grenades, um, dual wielding guns. I think would be obvious as well. A little Halo Two nod. I think that Chief needs to have the Needler though, like just just to make it a little Halo flare. I don't know how he got there, okay. but he's there. And that's that's my like weakest of my three examples. Sure, I mean, I still like it. I still like the idea. I mean, it's it, it makes it is like what I was just saying. It's like putting the straight man in the funny position, but you actually get to you know play with him as as a character with those abilities. Um, most of my stuff is narrative based, but like I I do have some mechanics in in my second one. Um, <laughs> so, uh, my second one is kind of like, 
along the lines of Master Chief, not a lot. Okay. Um, but they're, they've been compared before. So I want to put the Doom Slayer as a class or as a selectable character in all of the Diablo games. All of them. Okay. Um, so it would obviously have, he'd have to have his own skill set and that kind of thing mechanically, but he is the bane of all demons. Okay, he's, he's <laughs> yeah. Um, well, the demon hunter would be the best fit for him for sure in Diablo three, but that's the only time that appears. Yeah. Um, cause Diablo two doesn't have, it has the Amazon, but that's not the same sort of vibe. Um, uh, and then the the rogue in Diablo one. And of course the rogue in Diablo four, mm-hmm. uh, are close, but I would just drop him in as is with his arsenal as being the skills, super shotgun and all. Okay. Um, just as like a, a weird bizarro land kind of thing. You get like a, a BFG for your, uh, your ultimate ability. <laughs> yeah, essentially. Um, so, uh, which do- isn't an auto kill against a lot of the demons, even in, in uh, even in Doom. Um, but it is very powerful, which kind of goes along the lines of the power level of ultimate abilities for other classes. But I like the idea of all the people trying to have dialogue with him and him being the canonically one where he just ignores the dialogue and just walks away. Um, that's what I like about the doom slayer. Like as a personality is he really doesn't care. He is there to kill demons and that is his job. And there is not any discussion about it. So he just does it. Um, and he will listen to people to gather information that he needs, but he doesn't talk back. Uh, he doesn't give any indication that he is understood or anything, uh, which is like walking away mid conversation with a lot of these people in RPGs, especially in Diablo, especially things like Diablo two was a little more traditional in that sense where it's like, Welcome to our town of skip dialogue. Mm-hmm. Like literally he would be the canonical skip dialogue. <laughs> like I just like the idea. Cause like that's what they showed in doom 2016. They didn't do that as much as in, in eternal and eternal. He just looked angry while people talked at him for 15 seconds. Like it was just a little awkward. They tried to make it a little more narrative. Uh, I think they should have just stuck with what they did in 2016, but that's just my two cents on the character. Um, but I think it would be fun to have that sort of like, I'm here to kick ass and kill demons. Like, and then just canonically just ignore all the dialogue. Um, and I'm sure people would love that a lot for Diablo three, considering a lot of people hate that dialogue. So especially with, uh, asthma, Dan, mm-hmm. I don't know if you remember that one. Yeah. Uh, I mean, like I remember <laughs> Diablo three, <3. laughs> I don't care. I didn't care. Yeah. It was whatever. It was fine. Yeah. Uh, and in, in a lot of Diablo, you don't see the hero in the cutscenes because, you know, it was all about other, you know, events that weren't around you at the time. However, in Diablo 4, it gets to be a little more comedic because you are in cutscenes and people are talking to you. Uh, and you do have dialogue regardless of your 
uh, gender and class, uh, they do have it voiced for every class and gender. Uh, so all, all 10 options. Um, but the Doomslayer would probably not have anything to say and they would just have to say their dialogue and he would just stand there silent. And it was just, which is exactly what I hated about, you know, the whole silent protagonist episode we did, uh, early on into you being here. Um, but for me, it's funny because that's his thing, I guess, uh, to do that. So yeah, that's, that's my second one. Um, at least Master Chief answers people. So not often, but he will. Yeah, he's like a, you know, almost silent protagonist. Almost. Mm-hmm. All right. Kind of like Mario. Almost silent. Yeah. I have uh, my on-brand example for tonight. So I thought about mm-hmm. how can I make Mass Effect and Dragon Age have a baby? And I thought, if it was a Dragon Age character in Mass Effect, it would probably, like, break them. Like, they just, like, mentally couldn't handle all the technology, like a prime directive violation type of issue. Um, Mm -hmm. So I decided to go the other route and take a Mass Effect character and put them in Dragon Age. So I decided to go with... Is it Garrus? No, it's not Garrus. Okay. Um, okay. <laughs> but it is a romanceable party member um, because it wouldn't be a Bioware uh-huh. game without romance. So it is Liara. So I picture it like okay. this. She's doing her shadow broker thing um, and ends up going through like yeah. a space time wormhole. And it takes her back, um, ends up in the Dragon Age. And it is sometime mm-hmm. between like two and three and she of course reveals her biotic powers in front of people and it scares the shit out of everybody and she gets labeled an apostate and the templars are after her so nightingale leliana you know the shadow broker of the dragon age world she finds all this shit out and tells the inquisitor like hey there's this like really powerful mage i don't know um, but we need to recruit her, pull mm-hmm. her in on this, as you do. So you do, just like um, if, well, you haven't played Origins to know, but the DLC characters are like this. Like you pick up your DLC characters and like a little story, mm. side story, go to recruit them, resolve their problem, they join your party, and now they're just playable for your party members for the rest of the game. So that's how you would sure. recruit Liara. Um, I kind of envision that Liara and Leliana would be like best friends forever and like maybe even, you know, friends, <laughs> friends to lovers type situation, maybe depending on who your Inquisitor and your your Grey Warden romance and all of that. But like Shadow Broker to Shadow Broker, um, they would definitely get along great. Mm-hmm. So that's where you would find Leliana um, is with with uh, Liara. I do imagine she would be a romanceable party member. Um, she would obviously be classified as a mage, but she would have, like, her spells would be modified and written as biotic powers. Sure. Yeah. Okay. I enjoy it. Okay. Um, 
you're like this. I am putting someone in Mass Effect. Okay. Okay. Um, and it has to be through the whole trilogy. So I'm not saying one game because I'm replacing a whole character. Okay. And um, again, this is the whole reason. Like I just thought about. So I, I thought about a different version of tonight's uh, topic because what I did, what I thought of was replacing Shepard <laughs> with Duke Nukem. Oh, God. Because I want... Renegade Shepard. But I thought that wouldn't be a good topic. It wouldn't be a good topic for you to say what the original topic I was thinking of. Like, what other games can we put Duke Nukem in? Right? Because you don't, you don't, you don't, Duke Nukem's not been your thing. You've not done yeah. a lot of with, with him as far as I remember. So, um, but I have. And I, I like him as a character sometimes. I don't like the the stupid Duke Nukem forever version of him. That's totally awful. But the bullet storm one, I was like, okay, so what if he's shepherd, right? So he does the same thing as he does in bullet storm where he's just like suddenly in this world, right? He doesn't understand. He, he does have experience with aliens in his own world that has happened. He fights aliens but all the aliens are the bad guys usually. Um, so he has to figure out. So he's definitely on the, uh, what was her name? Uh, in the first one, the MAGA girl. Oh yeah. MAGA Barbie, Ashley. Ashley. So he's he definitely in the beginning of that. Well, okay. So he's still the playable character. So you could still probably do other things, but I could say it's easy to go into that path with her already to keep him on brand but i would like for him to be able to because that's what he does in bulletstorm he's he, he adapts to his situation so may, may he'll have like a dialogue well maybe these all aren't out to try to kill all of us uh but i do have to have some like stupid ridiculous like american flag moments behind him at some point just because it's duke nukem but and you know no one's going to know what that is at that time I feel like... Well, no, they do reference the United States a couple times. Yeah. Uh, but I feel like Duke Nukem would love often. it and Omega. Like, love it there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I would like... So, so I'm like I'm thinking of, like, when he's, like, trying to think of, like, do I save the Krogans or not? And he's just going to be more crude about it or, or that kind of thing. Because he's, he's always just not... He's, like... Gosh, it's hard, it's hard to say this without sounding. I don't know. So he's he's the he, I imagine him as why my dad liked Trump because Trump would say what was on his mind, right? And that's what Duke Nukem does in Bulletstorm. He says what's on his mind, and then deals with the fallout or whatever, right? So like it would be fun because it wouldn't be necessarily be Renegade. But like both options to me, if you went Renegade or Paragon, um, both would be him just making a joke out of it. But depending on how, I don't know, off the joke is, I guess. Because like he's more self-deprecating, more self-aware as Paragon. But he's more of the self-important, pretentious asshole as a Renegade. Um, So you get to... 
how there's, how much Duke Nukem are you? There's forever? a there's a way are to play. How much, uh, there's a way to play. I think Mass Effect in the way you're describing and still be like Paragon because I I did this where like I primarily made Paragon choices, but I was a total asshole the whole time. So I had like the Paragon sure. choices for like you know the canon events, the things you need. Like you, you don't want to kill Rex on Vermeer. You you do want to save the Krogan, that mm-hmm. that type of stuff. But like, if I could hit somebody with my weapon, I absolutely did during dialogue. If I could like do something <laughs> like yes. shady, yes, I was gonna do that. And so I ended the game with like full Paragon and like almost fifty percent Renegade. Yeah, I got some Renegade because I punched the reporter. Yeah, uh, that was I mean, fun. She's horrible. Um, so. I like how she just accepts it later on when you see her. She's just like resigned to like, yeah, I deserved that. <laughs> it's because she tries to boss up to you. And I'm just like, really? Yeah. You're just a reporter. And this is a, a military person. Like. What do you think? Yeah. Yeah. So so I, I, don't know, I had a lot of fun just thinking about the different scenarios in which. I just putting Duke Nukem in there scared and confused and not knowing what's going on. Whereas Shepard was like this commanding and awesome presence where Duke Nukem is just a fish out of water, but still, you know, goes ahead anyways. He's like, yeah, let's go do this or whatever weird guys. <laughs> Cause he kind of, again, I know you don't have the context, but this is a lot of what happened in Bulletstorm too. It's like where he's like trying to be inspirational, but he has no idea how to do that because he only knows how to hype himself up um, and not other people as well. It's just, it's so, it's comedic gold to me, honestly. So I just wanted to put him in Mass Effect because it's just like the next level for him, in my opinion. I would just, try just it. Just the next game for him to go to. I would try it. I uh, I I certainly want like a quantum leap series of of Duke Nukem where he's just in a ton of different games. Like I just that is that is my wish as a that is never going to happen as a gamer. <laughs> okay. So that's that's my third one. That was what I felt was my strongest one because I was just I love the idea of Duke Nukem as Shepard. Um, now Shepard's an amazing character on his own. And I really do appreciate, you know, playing through the mass effect trilogy. And I get why people like Shepard so much, you know, Renegade or Paragon. Cause it's, he's got a personality either way. That's really fun. Um, however, now although pa- Paragon is a little more bland, I would say vanilla, obviously. Yeah. But vanilla Shepard. Be- yeah. You're being, you're being a little more goody two shoes about things, but I don't know. I didn't feel like it was super bland. I think only if you go pure, again, pure Renic or pure Paragon is it like that. But yeah, and I didn't do that when I played. I mean, I was full Paragon in practice, but like there were things that I just didn't just go with. Like whatever, what is the Paragon choice? You know, I. I thought about the situation and tried to act accordingly. Yeah. I mean, like every store is my favorite store in the Citadel. Mm -hmm. It's not 
It's not necessarily a Paragon thing to do, you feel me? Yeah. No, that's true. That's true. I actually refuse to do any sort of advertising for any of the stores, I think, if I Oh, could. I just did it at all of them. So you go into every store and it says, Commander Shepard, this is my favorite store in the Citadel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> In fact, the whole the whole Citadel is my favorite it story. It is. All of the it Citadel. It is. Even the shady parts where I get shot at sometimes. That's where Renegade oh, Shepherd feels most at home. All right. So my last one um, isn't really my strongest, but I thought it was really funny. Um, so either okay. I just I just think I'm really funny, or it is really funny. We're gonna find out. So. The game in question is Fallout 4. And have you okay. played Fallout 4? Like, the story? Not not 4, but I did play uh, a decent bit Okay, of so long story short in Fallout 4, you're just trying to find your son. Um, okay. And there's a couple of different... He got a... He got, like... Scenarios yeah, yeah, and you've got a couple different factions you can join. But essentially, I'm thinking, who would I want to put into that situation? Who should be in the wasteland trying to find their son? And I think it would be Kratos. <laughs> okay. So. All right. So I. Is. <laughs> Is he still the god of war with like all of his insane powers? No, no, or no? yes and no. So I did give you his stats. Okay. Um, I, I gave him a couple extra points because he is the god of war. So typically when you start Fallout 4, sure. you get 21 points to distribute across your special, um, your governing attributes. Um, but I gave him, I think I gave mm-hmm. him 25 points. So um, remembering okay. that these are out of 10. I have him starting off with yes. a strength of six, a perception of three, an endurance, you know, because, like, he's just looking for his son. He can't find his son. Um, an endurance of six, mm-hmm. a charisma of three, an intelligence of four, an agility of five, and a luck of five. So okay, that's where I have him at to start the game. Will- Obviously, he's going to build up a little bit in his, uh, yeah, in yeah, his yeah. areas. I, I will say the way that they execute him in the games, I, he's like a strength of nine. Well, yeah, 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 um, but I can't, I can't like give 10. him like fifty yeah. points to start with. You can't make. Yeah, yeah. No, I understand. He, yeah, he can't be entirely overpowered because he's just going to break the game. Yeah, well, and he can add more points and strength when he levels up. You know, it's his choice. Sure. So I picture him as an unarmed or in a melee build. Um, he's probably going to join the underground railroad of the three factions just because i'm thinking that kratos probably is not interested in helping the settlements that need his help you know like that's that's probably not like his thing sure um so that takes out the minutemen and he doesn't really strike me as the kind of guy who would be hoarding technology at the expense of making sure that nobody else is allowed to have it. 
So that would take out the Brotherhood. No, he wouldn't care. Yeah. And then the Institute is responsible for, like, the sun thing. So, I mean, like, he might join the Institute, but I'm kind of envisioning him being, like, the whole, like, liberate the liberate the androids because they're being enslaved and repressed and you know underground railroad would be his route and he would still be able to infiltrate the institute and find out what happened to boy sure yeah um the underground railroad mission statement sounds a little too altruistic for him but they I can are see not altruistic though purpose. because like they are all androids so like that's not altruism so they're out for themselves <laughs> yeah it's not altruism okay that makes sense then because he's Joining. he's mostly out for himself even 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 in he's learned from his mistakes obviously in the newer games um but, I mean, he is, you know, the epitome of, you know, stoic. A man is strength by few words or what, you know, so like, like, that's you know, kind of why I was picking underground because they're the most, uh, you know, underground, I guess, of them. They're like the most hermit, hermit like of the factions. They're not like. They're not out there yeah. to make like this. They're not out there to help everybody. They're out there to survive and to help people who are like them, the androids, you know. Um, yeah. And they are because they're so keenly tied with what's going on with the institute. It would be like an ends justify means type situation, I think, for Kratos. That like this is the way I can infiltrate the institute without having to invest my own resources into it because they've done all of the work already mm-hmm. without having to join the institute and because like he's not i mean i have to say i haven't played god of war but like he's not james bond like he's not he's not gonna like infiltrate mm-hmm. the institute and pretend like he's not there to fucking destroy them so no no, no, so no. how is he going to do that? He he does have a very He yeah, no, he does have a very tactical mind Daddy. about certain things. What? I told him what cause Ben did and I and I put him back. Okay. Like if you've been in the opposite direction, it goes back the opposite direction. Yeah, you don't want to do that too much though. Cuz I put it. Mhm. Yeah, I, you you are right. Um yeah, he's not going to be James Bond and infiltrate a place he is going to be very uh, upfront. I'm not dumb about it, but very upfront about what he intends to do. Um, there's actually some scenes in Ragnarok where they are trying to get into um, oh, whatever the whatever the city of the gods is in the Norse mythology. I Olympus. can't remember, but um, uh Norse. Norse. Not not Greek. Um Valhalla is the only one that I can think of. Yeah. Yeah, I think they're trying to get into Valhalla from like a different place and they have to sort of like get there. But he's like, we can't just go charging in and then yada yada. Gotcha. It's, it's it's a whole thing. Uh a whole thing. Yeah, you don't just like walk to the like up the steps of Mordor 
and like knock on the door. Right. Yeah. So it was, it was a whole thing. Um, so yeah, uh, I, I like that one too. Um, Emery is having fun. Look at the camera. <laughs> um, so that was a kind of a shorter topic tonight, I mm-hmm. guess. <laughs> but, uh, you know, we've all been busy and we don't have Ace again. So. Well, I've been playing Starfield, um, like, as much as I can mm-hmm. muster up with what remains of my energy by the time that it's end of the day and my kid is winding down. Um, sure. So I, I'm, I'm like level fifth. I'm level 15. And I was attacked by a xenomorph last night. It's a, it's called a terramorph in the game. Um, I was not expecting oh, it. I okay. just started shouting and swearing. <laughs> like, what is this? <laughs> what is this? Oh no! Um, I it was like I, I was just funny. casually exploring a planet. Got my scanner up. See this thing that's like a thousand meters away, and it says life signs. And every time that I see life signs, it usually means that there's like a little herd of animals and you can go there and scan them and you get experience points when you scan, like fully scan them. So that's all I assume that it is. So I'm just la-di-da, like run, jetpack, run, jetpack, run, jetpack, and get to this like, it's called like a lush biome or something, Um, which looks very different than the typical landscape that I've been wandering in on this planet. So I see that there's a couple of flora in the landscape. So I go just not sneaking at all, just walking in there, la-di-da. And I just start getting, I see, I see that there's a bunch of dead animals in the lush biome. And I think like, oh yeah, I've read about this. Um, People said that one of the like bugs in the game with the procedurally generated planets is that the predators are getting spawned next to prey packs and then just murdering them before the player even like finds them <laughs> so um oh, i just assumed that's okay. you know like oh well, there's probably like a predator one that's around here yeah there was it was a fucking xenomorph and <laughs> it didn't kill me oh boy it did not kill me but uh i expended a lot of my ammo because i wasn't you know, like I wasn't prepared for that and I'm low you're, level you're, and I don't have any like, so you panic. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I have no real weapon specializations. I have some, I have pistol specialization, but mm-hmm. I'm stealth. I'm like a stealth based character. So I got jumped and like caught with my dick in my hands and didn't oh. know what to do, <laughs> but I survived <laughs> Um, but that was, that was like the most exciting thing that's happened in that game. Um, I've made the decision that I'm gonna, I am just gonna blitz the, the main story, um, break, break my Bethesda programming and beat the main story so I can hit that new game plus and then play the game weird. Like I want to like collect sticks of butter or whatever. I don't know. I haven't decided yet what okay. my trash is going to be. Oh. But yeah, so that's what I've been doing. I've got uh, my characters like all stealth and stealing. And I've got rank four of pickpocketing. And I've got rank four 
of sneaking and rank four of no rank three of stealing. And I've really not been investing a whole lot okay. in my combat skills because I also started investing in my my ship. Um, got like targeting systems and yeah, I'm gonna start investing in to make my jump drive more effective because you don't buy fuel for your ship. It recharges automatically. Okay. So like, it's to prevent you from jumping from system to system to system to system to system. You you are limited by the time it takes for your ship uh, fuel to recharge. So you can jump to a system. Right now your starter ship typically can jump about two systems. And then you need to like hang out, do some exploration, do some missions. Or rest, sleep for two days. I don't know. Mm. And then you can do some more jumping through the systems. Or get a better ship. But I don't want to get a better ship if okay. the game's just going to take it from me in New Game Plus. So... Fair, um, yeah, I could I could see that being a problem. I'm, I I'm I don't know when I'm gonna start the game, because uh, I think I want to get some of the backlog done before I start it. So yeah, uh, I don't blame you. Not sure it's gonna be all of it. Well, I mean, the pace I'm going at Resident Evil, I've only been playing it two days, and I feel like I'm 25% of the way through, because I'm not going to do the completionist run of it, which I watched. Have you seen the YouTuber, the completionist? I'm pretty yeah. sure you have. Um, I watched his video on Resident Evil 4 recently. He said it took him 11 playthroughs to do everything. Uh, 11 runs through the story. And... Um, and he enjoyed every minute of it because, you know, that's what he likes to do. And I was like, yeah, uh, I'm doing one. Like, I'm pretty sure I'm doing one. Yeah, so, I got to love, like, love. Do what I can in one. Love a game to play it 11. I don't even think I've played New Vegas 11 times. Yeah, I know. Well, you also like very long games in general. Yeah. I mean, like, I played... You so like minimum to do everything in Origin, Dragon Age Origins, you have to play it four times. But like realistically, you're probably gonna play mm. it five or six times if you are looking for like a full sure. completionist run, unlock all the difficulties, right. like and then a purist run at the end. But mm. I gotta yeah. love it. I gotta love it to play it that much. Oh yeah, no, it's yeah, it's insane to to. I don't. I mean, there's been games I've probably played through eleven times, but never all at once, never in a row. I don't think I've ever played anything uh, aside more than twice in a row. Um, Octopath Travel, not Octopath Triangle Strategy, uh, was a rare, rare game for me because I did immediately do a second playthrough. Um, now. Games like Diablo 2, where you had to, for the purpose of the gameplay, replay the story, I have probably played through maybe 20 to 30 times. But And Diablo 3, I certainly did it in a row. I did it every season. But that's different. That wasn't like me achievement hunting. That was just new seasons up, I'm going to play through again. Or next character going to play through again. Because that is just how you played the game at that point. Yeah. Um, 
they didn't they didn't have adventure mode in the base Diablo three. Uh, Reaper Souls came out. They introduced adventure mode. You never have to play the story again once you beat it. Uh, and they kept that with Diablo four. Um, I don't suspect I will ever be playing Diablo four story again. Maybe if I want to just to re-experience it at one point, Daddy. but. Okay, I got her. Go sit down. All right. So, yeah. Um, where was I? Diablo. I was playing. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm not. I There's no way I'm going to be playing Resident Evil more than once. So, I beat it two or three times in the past, and that's it. And I've never done a 100% playthrough even then. So, it's a fun game. I like it, but it's... It's going to last me probably till Thursday. I'll probably beat it on Thursday. I am going to play the shit out of Starfield until Baldur's Gate comes out on Series X. And then that's what I'm going to be playing. I I know. I'm going to make a hard switch. I'm just waiting. Counting down my days. (laughs) Well, I, I told my friend Ricky if he wanted to, I would do a playthrough with him. Just me and him on it. Because I think he would enjoy that. Um, and I, I probably would too, but um, I don't think I am doing another playthrough of Baldur's Gate by myself right now. Um, just because it was such a journey. And then I'll, I don't think I'm going to have the bugs because there was a patch that came out towards the end of me playing the save that actually fixed all the uh, lag and slowdown and stuff that I was having. Um, so that was cool. They didn't fix the bugged relationship thing, um, but whatever. It's nice when they come um, back and fix stuff like that. I mean, I had a I had yeah. a Fallout Four bug where my initial playthrough I was set up for the railroad, and then I had a like something happened where like the person I needed to talk to to progress the quest was just nowhere to be found. Like, wasn't anywhere where their, like, typical spawn locations were. There was no corpse anywhere. Like, it wasn't an oblivion problem. Like, I just could not progress the quest line. Reading online about it, it was something that a lot of people were experiencing. So I just, like, made a separate save file and decided that to progress the game, I was going to commit to the Minutemen so I could just, like, finish the game. And then they patched the game, and I reloaded that old save file found that NPC I needed to talk to and then was able to finish the game Minutemen style or um, Underground Railroad style, which was like the way I wanted to do it the first time. Sure. The only downside was that I had probably put a solid like 20, 30 hours in on that like alternate timeline character <laughs> that finished the Minutemen. Sure. Yeah. So. Gotcha. Yeah, I'm trying to think. Um like, there's a lot of different things I could do and play Baldur's Gate again. Uh, it is very replayable, very much so, because you can do different things. There's, um, they have you can do it on the first playthrough, but they say uh, we do not suggest you do it on the first playthrough. Called the Dark Urge That's what protagonist. My, my husband is uh, playing. Um, so he's playing like a normal, I guess. I don't really know what, how other else to describe it, but like a normal playthrough. 
with his sister, and then yeah. on his own, he's playing the Dark Urge. Yeah, the Dark Urge is an entirely separate issue because basically you just get these checks that basically say, "Hey, don't murder your your friends." Yes, uh, and that's what the Dark Urge is. <laughs> it's just like what? Why? So it's like um, it's like if Michael Myers developed a conscience. Mm-hmm. Like no, don't mm-hmm. murder your sister. She, you love her. Go trick or treating instead. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's 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 like that. Um, so, yeah, I do not see myself doing a darker urge protagonist at any point. I do not feel like uh, doing that. And I don't want to spoil anything for you, but uh, you do find out what the darker urge protagonist is eventually. Because it is a canonical story thing in the game. Okay. Um, but it is not... Uh, yeah, I don't know. And, and I, I'm interested uh, when you do a playthrough of some thoughts of yours. Because I know you're not super into to D&D as much. Are you familiar with Faerun? Not. The yeah, world not, that it's set not in? So I'm I'm interested to hear your thoughts on some things as a non Faroon uh enjoyer, I will say. Because, okay. uh, like, you know, I've talked we've talked a little bit about my favorite book series and stuff. Uh the Claire Quintet that I've talked about and the Dritz series take place in the same world as this game. And uh they even uh mentioned Dritz in one of the dialogue lines of like, you know, are you going to be like the, there's some sort of, I don't know, is it, I don't know, it's one of the antagonists or someone is like, are you going to be like the, the hero drow dritz who defied his people, blah, blah, blah. Like this is one of his speeches. I'm like, hey, I know that guy. I am currently very slowly listening to his latest book. Daddy? Yeah. I don't know why Binky bit me because she didn't want me to stop her. I'm stealing her own food. Mm-hmm. Go sit down, please. But you literally steal her own food. Goodness gracious, she wants my attention tonight. <laughs> I see it's that. It's bedtime an hour and a half ago. I see that. Speaking of stealing food, took my yeah. daughter to McDonald's because they had the the Pikachu, the Pokemon, uh, Happy Meals. And so I got her mm-hmm. a Happy Meal. Got myself a Happy Meal so she could have two toys. Um, and there was a man dressed sure. like the Hamburglar just like <laughs> walking around outside of McDonald's. And my daughter's like, what is that man? Is he a robber? <laughs> and I'm like, yes, he's a burglar. He's here for your hamburgers. And she goes, I don't want a hamburger. I have chicken nuggets. <laughs> That's, Yeah. I cannot get the girls to try hamburgers at all. They've never had one. And I, I like as many as times if I try to get them to try one, they just won't. Uh, especially Emery. Emery's like a borderline vegan at this point. Like she'll eat chicken nuggets, but I, like I really have to harp on her to do it. Like Oh, Ripley. She does not like me. Ripley doesn't eat hamburgers, but she does not play around about pork, man. She likes bacon, she likes ham, she likes sausage. She does not play around. Yeah. And she likes chicken nuggets. Yeah, she's... No question about she her. She doesn't like sausage so much. We had Bob Evans yesterday for dinner with uh, my parents. 
and Chauncey. And they have the little piggy pancake where they make it look like a pig. And they ask, do you want bacon or sausage with it? So Emery is like, which one do you want, Chauncey? Because I'm going to give it to you. And he's like, a sausage, I guess. So the sausage is touching the two ears uh, of the piggy, right? And Emery's like, I don't even want those. They're touching the sausage. So she hands the ears to Chauncey as well. Man, missing She's out. She's like, just that again. Missing out. You're supposed to take that sausage and wrap that bitch up in a pancake and dip it in some syrup. Oh, so good. So good. Especially if it's a blueberry pancake. She doesn't even like the syrup. Hmm. Missing out. Nope. She just got whipped cream, spread it on like half an inch thick it felt like and just ate it with whipped cream. Oh man, cream. I got some like, like pumpkin a taco. spice whipped cream from Target and I've been putting it on my coffee. It's so good. Love it. <laughs> nice. Um, so my, my mom, she put this thing on Facebook about pumpkin spice Cheerios. Uh, she was like, they're actually kind of like, they're actually kind of, I like them. Right? Because I'm not I'm not a huge pumpkin spice fan, but I do like the pumpkin spice Cheerios. You have to eat them dry, though. You can't have them with milk, like, in my opinion. Like, it's not... Yeah, I mean... It's not like Honey Nut Cheerios. I don't really like milk with my cereal so, anyway, but I don't I don't like a lot of the pumpkin spice food. It's I, I like it in my drink because I like chai, and I feel like pumpkin spice is just, like, a festive chai. Sure. Sure. But uh, every so I got uh, pumpkin spice Cheerios aren't necessarily a new thing. I know I know they were around like in 2018 yeah. at least. Um, and I uh, <laughs> I I got one. I, I got a box of it a long time ago and I liked it. But I was like, pumpkin spice Cheerios. It's like going to Hobby Lobby in your mouth. <laughs> like. <laughs> Like immediately when I feel like when I smell pumpkin spice, Hobby Lobby immediately comes to mind. <laughs> so uh, she posted about that on Facebook and I said that. Um, yeah, it's I'm not like a super big fan of pumpkin spice and the fall season and that kind of stuff, because then to me, it kind of just makes me roll my eyes a little bit because I'm like, I'm going to see all the Jack Skellington stuff here soon it's just gonna happen and i'm just i'm waiting for it uh and what's her name the the doll that is in love sally. with him sally yeah jack and sally t-shirts everywhere and i'm like that is the most weird just i'm gonna stalk you and now we're together kind of deal like i, I can't unsee it after watching it as an adult just <laughs> and I know I'm I'm alone on this opinion of Sally. <laughs> but yeah. I I uh I I don't know. <laughs> I'm dr- I'm dreading the fall season. I used to love fall, but I'm kind of like dreading all it just makes me, I don't know. It's like why 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 do we have to go through this every year? It's like the time of the year. My birthday's in fall. Yeah, I know it is. Well, you're not in the fall then. Your birthday's fine. I'm talking about other people. And then my people. sister's birthday is in the fall. Yeah. 
You guys are Halloween babies. October 27 and 28. So. But I'm a winter baby. Right, Emery? Well, I think we're going to have to cut it short tonight because I, so. I cannot get hurt. Looks her to... like you've got some obligations. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Even now she's supposed to be in bed. Good thing you don't have cheerleading tomorrow. <laughs> You're up too late. Um, so uh, next week, hopefully we'll have Ace back and we'll figure out what to do uh, from there. Um, I don't even have an inclination of whose turn it is to come up with what uh, at all. So, we'll figure it out. Okay. Daddy, my eyes wandering off. Yep. Uh, and the comedy stuff, um, not the next time we talk, but the talk after I will have been done and done a comedy show with the other students by that point. I'm eager to so hear we'll how, how that it goes, goes for you as well as how good or bad your classmates are. Uh, yeah, we'll see. Um, I did enjoy the first meeting, um, because we went around and just introduced ourselves and there's some interesting people. Like one lady, uh, moved back uh, to Chillicothe from New York and actually owned a stage production company, uh, in New York and did plays and stuff. Obviously I don't think Broadway stuff, but, but you know, in New York it's, kind of a big scene and to own your own production company at some point, like it's not little. Um, so it was kind of interesting to see, you know, someone come to a comedy class, uh, cause they were like, yeah, I don't like stand up, So I wanted to try to challenge myself, uh, was her reasoning for going, but when they came around to me, they're like, so, so why are you, you know, like, what is your motivation for coming to this class or whatever? I was like, well, mostly, to help punch out the podcast, see if I could do better with transitions or, or you know, some, something, learn how to be a little more comedic about things. Uh, but mostly, um, my mom and dad say I'm not funny, so I want to prove them wrong. Daddy? And the pe- person teaching the class knows my mom and dad very, very well. So that was fun to sort of get a jab at them. Like, oh, okay, I'm going to prove them wrong. So hopefully I do. Hopefully I don't bomb. But I don't know. Even if I bomb, I still think I'm funny at least a little. <laughs> Daddy funny when Yep. Alrighty. Well, uh, thank you, audience, for tuning in. Uh, we'll catch you next week. Uh, be sure to follow us at HuntersUpPod on Twitter slash X. Uh, if you want to follow Ace, it's at, at Ace Badger Gaming. And everywhere else you want to talk to us is the Discord. Catch you another time. Bye. Bye bye.